0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Lexline, brought to you in conjunction with our friends at Rug Radio, where we discuss the latest legal developments in crypto, NFT, and blockchain law. Nothing we talk about is ever considered legal or financial advice. If you have a specific legal question, consult a lawyer, do it privately. Don't do it on a recorded Twitter space, because if we have a conversation on this space, it is recorded. And if you come up to talk, you're going to get to hear yourself back on our various platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So lots going on in the crypto space today, no question about it. I'm becoming increasingly convinced that market sentiment is driven largely by legal developments in this space, and today we had a major one. The grayscale decision just came down. We can see the market is moving in response to it. Some really, really hot takes coming in on that front to quote the decision. And for those who don't know the backstory, obviously Grayscale was trying to apply for an ETF future. And SEC denied their request, seemed to give conflicting reasons why. They took it up on appeal to the D.C. Circuit. The D.C. Circuit's order concludes, quote, to avoid arbitrariness and capricious." administrative adjudication must be consistent and predictable following the basic principle that similar cases should be treated similarly. New York State SE area presented substantial evidence that grayscale is similar across the relevant regulatory factors to Bitcoin futures ETFs or ETPs, I should say. The commission failed to adequately explain why it approved the listing of two Bitcoin futures, ETPs, but not Grayscale's proposed Bitcoin ETP. In the absence of coherent explanation, this, unlike regulatory treatment of like products, is unlawful. We therefore grant Grayscale's petition for review and vacate the commission's order. So what does that essentially mean? That means that they get to get a fair review of their petition. The court made a finding that, based on how the SEC evaluated Grayscale's application, that they did not apply the same standards in granting previous ones and in rejecting Grayscale's petition. The opening remarks of the opinion, it is a fundamental principle of administrative law that agencies must treat like cases alike, The Securities and Exchange Commission recently approved the trading of two Bitcoin futures funds on national exchanges, but denied approval of Grayscale's Bitcoin futures fund on national exchanges. Petitioning for review of the commission's denial order, Grayscale maintains its proposed Bitcoin exchange traded product is materially similar to the Bitcoin futures exchange traded products and should have been approved to trade on the New York stock exchange area. We agree. The denial of Grayscale's proposal was arbitrary and capricious because the commission failed to explain its different treatment of similar products. We therefore grant Grayscale's petition and vacate the order. So that is one of the major events. Of course, we also had the SEC score a win, quote-unquote a win, with respect to its first-ever NFT regulatory action. The SEC... Uh, stated in an order that from October to December of 2021, Impact Theory offered and sold three tiers of NFTs known as Founder's Keys. They were labeled as legendary, heroic, and relentless. And as part of this offering, they made representations allegedly to investors that suggested that investing in this NFT was tantamount to getting in early on, quote, the next Disney. The SEC instituted action against this NFT project and was able to extract a settlement. The premise of this is that the representations that were publicly made skirted the lines of the Howey test, which, as we know, an investment contract under the Howey test requires the investment of money, invested into a common enterprise where there's an expectation of profits and that profits would be derived from the efforts of the promoter or a third party. The settlement in this case is noteworthy. Although they did not admit any direct fault, it does make a finding that this particular offering was determined by the SEC to be an unregistered security offering some of the representations that were made that the SEC found particularly egregious were, quote, now as we're building out this IP, imagine that you could have gotten in on Disney when they were doing Steamboat Willie. And that's how we think of the legendary tier. That's how we think of this whole first drop, quite frankly. They set themselves an 18 to 24 month roadmap to build on the initial investment in the, in this NFT. This NFT minted back in 2021 had a high mint price and then gradually went down to where I think it is right now, a 0.03 floor. As part of the SEC settlement, uh, obviously they are offering to buy back and actually have, I think bought back uh, NFTs that were minted and that were, uh, I think acquired on secondary. So the, the fine in this case and the shutting down and the eventual burning of the tokens is the sanction that was imposed by the SEC. It was met with a pretty uh, stern dissent from a couple of the commissioners on the panel, yuita and Commissioner Hester Prince, who we know as being a big uh, proponent of fair treatment of NFTs. Some great takeaways from that particular dissent are Quote, we understand why the commission was concerned about this NFT sale. Even though we believe strongly that adults should be able to spend their money as they choose, we share our colleagues' worry about the type of hype that entices people to spend almost $30 million for NFTs, seemingly without having a clear idea about how they will use, enjoy, or profit from them. This legitimate concern, however is not a sufficient basis to pull the matter into our jurisdiction. The handful of company and purchaser statements cited by the order are not the kinds of promises that form an investment contract. We do not routinely bring enforcement actions against people that sell watches, paintings, or collectibles along with vague promises to build the brand and thus increase the resale value of those tangible items. The SEC dissenters on the commission also went on to note, even if NFT sales here fit squarely within Howie, is the set of facts one that warrants an enforcement action? The typical cure for a registration violation is a rescission offer, which the company already made in the form of a repurchase program. The company offered to repurchase the NFTs from primary and secondary market purchasers in December of 2021 in August of 2022. But apparently that wasn't good enough for the majority of the SEC commission who decided that what needed to be done here was imposition of a 7.7, I should say imposition of a fine, I'll have to track back on the exact number on that fine, but imposition of a fine and shutting down of the project. So this is the first of its kind decision that's come out of the SEC targeting an NFT project It is not a universally binding precedent because it is a settlement. It wasn't challenged, and I would suspect part of the reason it wasn't challenged was because maybe the facts were not on this project's side, given the representations that they had made, the exuberance with respect to their expectation of what this project would do and what they would build on. But it does beg the question, um, maybe they weren't done building. Maybe their roadmap was just getting underway. And maybe this all was premature and not a rug or a fraud in any way. And I think it even goes to the extent of suggesting there was no fraudulent activity associated with this case, other than very exuberant representations, which the SEC found qualified as securities. So those are two of the major events going on. Another one that's noteworthy, that's kind of flown under the radar in all the noise with Grayscale and this NFT is that SBF has filed through his legal team a notice of appeal challenging his revocation of bond and his detention pending his upcoming trial in October. From what I understand from the reporting, the appeal is premised on a First Amendment violation. The New York Times is joining in in this argument, defending their position that they were definitely within their rights to publish the diary entries from the co-defendant in this case who pled guilty, and who is cooperating with the government, and that Bankman-Fried's leaking of this diary information was essentially protected speech, and I think what the defense is arguing here is that it was not intended to intimidate a witness, but was instead an expression of free speech, and this will go up to the Second Circuit. My prediction, I think they will probably affirm the judge's decision Given the totality of the conduct, the cumulative effect of all the things that SBF was alleged to have been doing while on pretrial release, I think the court will probably side that the district judge had wide discretion here to revoke the bond and remand SBF into custody. And I don't know, although it's a novel issue, I don't know that the First Amendment argument is going to carry water in this case. So that's kind of the thousand foot view of what's going on today in NFT land. Anybody would like to join the conversation, of course, you're always welcome. Uh, If you want to join, of course, you're welcome to ask to speak, and I'll be happy to bring you up to talk about what's happening. Otherwise, we'll wrap it up for today. This will be available to replay, and I'm sure there'll be more forthcoming. I will see you all again on Friday for another update from Lexline on what's going on in crypto NFT and blockchain law. Thank you, as always, to everyone who joins the conversation.